right in the world. Hey, man, it's great to be back this beautiful spring day in the heart of Freight Alley, my friend. How are you? Hey, let's give a quick round of applause, though, for Kaylee for holding it down oh, yeah, while you're away. She's a great job. Thank you, Kaylee. Awesome job. Kaylee. You gave my dad a bit of heartburn, though. He looked on <laughs> and he goes, where is the dude? He was so concerned. He was like, man, I hope he needs he a haircut. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I hope he didn't leave the show. I hope he's still here. And I was like, you know what? We were so excited because Jet, Jet McCandless was on. Yeah, the news Jet's broke. awesome. The news broke about them raid, the, the, the big raise that they had of $202 yeah. million, now the billion, $1.2 billion valuation becoming yeah. a unicorn. He was in the bullpen right at the start of the show. I was so excited to bring him up. I didn't even really introduce Kaylee. I felt kind of bad. Oh, Afterwards, did you really? Did, yeah. So <laughs> well, a lot of people yeah. watching must have been like, I, no, he's sorry, just going to do the dude like that? He's just going to bring a new person up and just go with it? <laughs> just go with it. No, no. Hey, but I heard you were at like the most dude place of all. You are at a water park. I was. I was chilling at a water park up uh, in Sevierville, up oh, by wow. Gatlinburg, man. You're the guy cool. Who, like, you're the guy who like, awesome. lost his uh, bathing suit coming off the slide? Uh, no, but I, you know, if you, have you ever been on one of those surfing machines? You know that? No, so but I've seen the movie North Shore, right? Yeah. There's this it's like the Rocky of surfing. Yeah. And in it, they make fun of this kid for for learning to surf in Arizona in a wave pool. Well, I mean, and that may be the case, but this thing looks rough. I did not get on it because yeah. you had to get a you had to have like a, a scheduled time. And I saw some people like their first time getting on there, and when you flip, it like shoots you. And and it will it will I mean they just flip them and zoom and yeah, bathing suits can be lost really quickly. Hey, everybody out there, but we'll, we'll, we'll get your answer. It's right National Donut Day, but also National Cheese Day. Yeah. I feel like each of the, they don't, they shouldn't have to share a day, but they do. So you have to pick one. Two come in, only one leaves. Is it donuts or cheese? You can only have one for the rest of your life. One for the rest of my yes. life? Uh, donuts. I'll go with cheese. All right. Oh, cheese. Absolutely cheese. How about you guys out there? You're going donuts, you're going cheese. Which team are you on? Be on our team. <laughs> Let's sink our teeth into something here, though. So, yeah. lot, very, very. So, in supply chain, right? You always have people, and I, and I, I hate when they use this term, disruptor, when they're trying to market to supply chain people, because in supply chain, we don't like disruption. It's bad, right? Disruption yeah. is not a good thing. No. Disruption is a ship pulling into a port in Taiwan Ooh. and knocking a gantry crane over. Yeah, that was Look at crazy, this footage. Dude. We'll give you a little update on it this too. This is insane. Yeah. So this, this vessel's coming into port. It cannot stop. It broadsides the vessel right next to it. Hits these this gantry crane here. It knocks a number of containers. Those are 40-foot containers, people. To put that in perspective, those are 40-foot containers. They weigh thousands of pounds. Knock these things on the ground. Fortunately, little update here. Two people were in that crane. They were trapped. No kidding. They were freed. They were brought to uh, they brought to the hospital. They were okay. This happened at uh, Kaohsiung's Pier 70 port. The vessels impacted were the YM um, Constancy and the uh, what was the other one here? This was the it was the OCL uh, the OCL uh, Durban. It was the okay. Yeah, so the OCL the Durban. Durban is the one that hit the YM Constancy. Yes. Uh, knocks those cranes over. Normal time things like this can happen, right? Right. Normal time not impact. Right now, though, container shortage, boat shortage, capacity shortage, yeah, not, goods on there. Yeah. Routing, some of these may become the United States. Big problems, big issues in supply chain. Not what we needed to hear to, uh, yeah. to end the week. I mean, that looks like a huge thing because can you imagine the noise of those things falling, oh, yeah. bro? Or being up in that cab of the, uh, you're up in the little, the little glass cab of that crane going, whoa, 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 watching that ship coming. And oh, you're 100% man. dead if those containers land on you. 
Oh, mostly yeah, yeah, they yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah, you're not mostly dead. You're all the way. Very fortunate that only two, only two <laughs> injuries so far. Really, so really, really Best fortunate. of luck to getting that port back in order. But we have to tip the band. So this episode is brought to you by Legend Transportation, which has been establishing partnerships throughout standing customer service since the year 2007. Learn more at Tell Em, Dude. Oh, man, go to newlegendinc.com immediately after the show. Headline. All right, let's get into it. Oh, here we go again. Congress escalates their probe into Yellow's $700 million COVID loan. Mm. Hey. <laughs> Perhaps they could have done that before they gave him hey. money. <laughs> you know, don't maybe you'll give money to the uncle who uh, was broke and never pays you back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. John Gallagher reports Congress is stepping up its scrutiny of Yellow Corp and in $700 million CARES Act relief loan following reports that allege the company may not have even been eligible for the funds, and then when they got them, they misused them. A bipartisan <laughs> Congressional what? Oversight Commission began checking into the circumstances surrounding this loan shortly after it was announced. A report from the commission stated in April showed that Yellow was likely not as critical to maintaining national security as had been suggested by the DOD and the Treasury. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> and Yellow said, hey, we just asked. You gave us the money. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. The report noted that the carrier likely provided only 20% to 40% of the DOD, uh, DOD's less than truckload services, not the 68% stated by the Department of Defense and Treasury when providing the rationale for the loan. In responding to Clyburn's investigation, Yellow acknowledged it had applied for and received the CARES Act loan after significant adverse impact by the pandemic, and which the company will pay for in full. They're going to pay it back. They got an IOU. Hold on to that one. $700 million. Here's here's the second part of that problem. (laughs) It's not just paying the loan back. It's what they're using the money on. The The subcommittee is also looking into whether Yellow is spending the money for purposes unrelated to the losses caused by the coronavirus crisis, it noted in its letter to Hawkins that a substantial share of the funds have been used to replace their fleet. They're buying yeah. tractors and trailers which, with these things, which is at odd with the CARES Act, which was to keep companies afloat to pay for people. Uh, that would, uh, uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like that's what they used the first tranche of the money for, was the new tractors and equipment yeah they like they didn't even it was like the immediate first thing they did wasn't it from what we've heard so far just it seems like they haven't even tried to abide by the cares Uh uh-uh no Mm -mm. i mean i'm not a lawyer i don't know exactly all the details but this is like of the reporting we're seeing like uh, i don't know let's move on u.s rail traffic line 28 percent in may despite supply chain constraints or maybe dude because of them joanna marsh (laughs) reports u.s rail traffic in may sharply rebounded from the coronavirus pandemic induced volume trough of last year according to Mm -hmm. data from the american association of railroads we all know that march why terrible to make year-over-year comparisons total carloads in may were the most for any month since october of 2019 on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. uh that's from aar senior vice president john t gray he uh said he also had intermodal volumes between January and May represented the best period ever for U.S. railroads during that wow, time. Wow, that's impressive. The rail, uh, rail observers expect the backlog of containers at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach to persist through the rest of the year, although terminal fluidity and cycle times at the busy U.S. ports are improving. And we've heard that from uh, Gene Sirocco over there in L.A. as well. Sure have. Uh, the supply chain still needs better chassis resi- uh, utilization and more warehouse capacity. We've heard about those stories, too, to keep the goods moving. Meanwhile, the logistics managers index noted continued tightness in transportation capacity in May. I don't think that surprises much of anybody, right? Slightly good news, though. I've been looking at the MX Exchange Twitter, and th- that tells you how many ports the ships are yeah. at anchor, container ships are at anchor right. in Port of LA, in San Pedro Bay. It's been under 20 for the past few days. 
That's actually pretty... got as low as 11 wow. on, uh, on Wednesday. So wow. Okay. Good news there. Our own good Mike Boonendistel says, following stockouts and the numerous transportation capacity constraints that have taken place through the past year, many shippers have taken steps to get goods into North America quickly to avoid the fall rush. As a result, we have seen elevated import volumes in late spring that is normally associated only with fall peak season. It's always been peak season this year. And you know where it's showing up? <sighs> Wall Street. Wall Street taking yes. notice. If you're checking out these earning reports, if you do that, if you do that kind of thing, you'll notice that we are, us, not Freightways, but us, supply chain, huge topic. It's leading off every single retailer's uh, every single retailer's reasoning for why costs of goods are going up. Yeah, their cogs are going up. Dollar Tree, the latest one, they said in their earnings report. Um, their most recent call, their CFO, Kevin Wampler, he places the blame of cost headwinds squarely on the shoulders of supply chain costs. He says, we are now expecting costs to be significantly higher than originally projected, led by import freight due to the, constraint, the constrained disruption in the global supply chain from equipment shortages and capacity Issues. If these disruptions affect the timing of inventory receipts, it could affect sales and their mix. They expect to feel the brunt of this impact, too, throughout the year and at least the next two quarters. Yeah, so get this, dude. An analyst on the call said that their anticipated freight spend went from $80 million, Whoa. right, last yeah. quarter, to $240 million from one quarter to the next. Three times. That's, that's three times as much money. It's insane. Wampler uh, expects these conditions to persist through 2021, and they're not the only ones leading earnings calls with supply chain chatter, are they? Yeah, that's right. Meg Boondistel, who we quoted in that past story, he also pointed out, out to us that James Smucker disclosed 8% of its cost of sales in the last fiscal year were freight costs. That equates to $389 million of freight spend in the past year. Um, and he wanted to call that out because, again, these COGS, cost of goods coming up in earnings reports, Wall Street taking notice, supply chain more important than ever, especially when it starts hitting the bottom line. The bean counters start to care, right? Yeah, they absolutely <laughs> they sure yeah. do. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, well, wow. here's a guy who's trying to save you some money by cutting out the middleman. We'll hear if it's up to snuff. It's a company that was founded in 2019 in Brooklyn. All right. His name is Sam Agamang. I hope I got that right. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey there. How's, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. What's happening? You, you're chilling out in Brooklyn right now? I am actually in Manhattan at the moment. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Is the city coming back to life? There were some doubters who said last year, New York is done for. Everybody's moving to the country. New York is dead. Look, I'm a Northeasterner. I take a lot of pride. I grew up in New York for a long time before moving to Boston. New York will never die. Exactly. And that's exactly how I feel. You know, there's a certain energy in the city that you don't find anywhere else in the world. You know, there's a huge diversity of people and it just, you can't kill New York. We're like the cockroach. We're going to survive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the cockroach. I thought, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. So, Sam, uh, tell us, first, how do you pronounce your last name correctly? And give us a 30-second elevator on uh, Holler Hub. Well, again, super excited to be here with you guys. My name is Sam Ajaman. Consonants are kind of silent. Not easy to read, but you did a really good try. <laughs> um, Holler Hub is an idea that started with... Um, Myself, uh, Beck Burkan, and his brother, Sam Burkan, two Sams, and essentially their experience in the trucking industry, seeing how hard it is for the independent trucker to make a dollar. And it's something that was all, definitely a part of the um, news, uh, I guess, train of what's happening today. This is not a new topic. You know, for a long time, it's been really difficult for people to just 
you know, make a living doing this industry and we're losing a lot of people. There's a shortage of drivers, right? Yeah. That comes down to pay. And it's not just a um, thing of retaining drivers. It's something that we have to make sure that we're able to have a load. And when it's posted, more of that money should go to the people that are actually doing the work. So uh, the idea came about to cut out the middleman and to basically put shippers and drivers directly together and, you know, more money to go to that trucker and, you know, shippers to not have to pay any additional fees. Because what happens is there are a lot of fees involved in this industry, as you both know, mm. and there's got to be a way to keep this going. You know, we've got a whole new generation of drivers that are going to take the road, Gen Z, and they're not going to put up with it. They want to have means of access. They want things to be fair. And if it's not uh, something that's viable for them, they're not going to enter into the industry. So, so we're just something. trying to... So before we go any further, you cut your teeth in the, in retail and the fashion industry. Um, I've I used to work on an import side in fashions, and I've also done perishables, and they're remarkably similar in the demands and and the freshness of the goods and how you need them. But one yeah. thing about those is that those demands mean they're very demanding on things like carriers. The customer from the customer service from three PLs can come in handy. So with your knowledge of the retail space, how have you designed this Holler Hub platform to answer the concerns, especially of some of these more difficult type of uh, commodities that need moving? Well, that's an excellent question. So not just my knowledge from background working retail and going through that industry and its challenges and how it's facing 21st century um, um, uh, uh, kind of a push to kind of be, you know, up to date you know, especially in the industry of trucking, being able to directly reach your customer to make sure that they feel that you're they're understood. And our customer is not just the shippers that we hope to invite into the app, but the drivers as well. Making things streamlined, making them more accessible, you know, just not having so much red tape. A lot of stuff gets kind of like lost in the red tape and the extra paperwork and all these tedious things that slow the process down. So we're really looking to streamline and make it easier and make it more viable by eliminating a lot of those additional brokerage and 3PL fees. So Sam, I get that. I get, I get that, that it, it, it strips away some of those things that are difficult, right? It takes away some of that, like you said, some of the red tape and the difficulties of getting this stuff done. Get it completely. What about the fear of certain things that are, that are lost there, right? A lot of shippers go to the 3PL and they use those intermediaries because uh, they don't have to then babysit their own loads, right? They're trusting them for that customer service aspect. How do you answer that? Well, I feel from someone that's been on the shipper side, transparency is something that's been absent and the industry for a long time, and being able to provide tra transparency, you don't have to babysit, you just know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I've had uh, deliveries that have been like completely gone, and no one can tell me where those goods went. Mm -hmm. Like literally, they're just like evaporated. It's like there has to be some accountability along the way, and with the app that we're trying to develop, you know every step of the way where your goods are going and how they're going to get to you. So Sam, how does this gotcha. differentiate from something like the Uber Freights of the world? So the Uber Fates of the world, obviously, this is a large industry with billions of dollars behind transportation and logistics. There's room for everyone. What we're doing is a little bit more personal because, you know, we have experience on both the shippers and on the trucker side. And we understand those like niche issues that come up and arise. We want to address them head on by making it as simple and as easy as possible to 
move loads, keep more of the money for the load that you're, you're taking, make it very simple to select who you're going to uh, use to take your load as a shipper, and make it easy for those that are taking the loads to know I'm going to get paid. And I'm not going to have to lose up to 30% of what the load is costing on, you know, a, a third-party uh, involvement. So, Sam, let me ask you this. Is there a specific um, personality, I suppose, of shipper that this is better for than others? Is this, or does this, like, fit everybody? I mean, are you talking, like, AB InBev all the way down to, you know, Acme uh, Fireworks, uh, that type of thing? Or, or it, does somebody fit in there? Is there a specific mold? I think that for what we're trying to do, it's kind of a one-stop shop for logistics. So whether you're a larger corporation or if you're someone that's more um, independent and small, we can find ways to kind of partner with existing systems and try to kind of just cut through all of the extra BS and get you exactly what you need. So if there's warehousing issues that you need taken care of, Hauler Hub can be a solution for that. Mm-hmm. If there's uh, small partial loads, that need to be moved. We can do that small stuff. We can also do full truck loads. It, it, we're really trying to kind of be the one-stop shop for logistics. Load boards can attract people looking for the cheapest freight, and those yeah. relationships can tend to be very transactional. So how do you combat that? How do you get sticky? How do you retain users on the platform who aren't just looking to always be so tra- transactional, just jumping platform to platform? Well, funnily enough, um, as it stands as, as of right now, it's free to sign up. There's no commitment. There's no, we're not trying to lock you into a contract when you join Hauler Hub. It's really about us showing you how easy this is and giving you the best customer service experience, which is something that we all know about when it makes a big difference. And then being able to retain that person based off of the sheer ease of use. You know, obviously there are other options out there, but we want to make sure that we're the one that are the easiest to work with and give you the most uh, money for your pockets. Excellent stuff. Um, shall we uh, go to the uh, Wheel of Stupid Questions? Yeah, give it, give it a second. All right, let's see what you get. Let's see what you get. Round there, and round it goes. You, you put a lot of mustard on that thing. I did, you I always did, crush I did. That I did. Thing. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things. All right, so, all right. You go viral, right, and are now considered a fashion icon. So, Sam, what's everybody now wearing since they're following you? Masks. 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 Oh, okay. There you go. Man, we're just starting to take those things off around here. You tell us we got to put them back on, Sam. I hope you don't go viral now. (laughs) Sam, we appreciate it. Where do people go to learn more about Holler Hub? Uh, You can visit us on our website, which is hollerhub.com. It's spelled exactly how it is, H-A-U-L-E-R-H-U-B.com. We're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, again, we are priming to launch. Uh, we're really excited about this opportunity. It's been fantastic talking with you guys. Uh, hope to come back once we're fully launched and really walk you through the, the, the parts of the app that make us really stand out. Thanks, Sam. Absolutely. Uh, keep Manhattan strong. Keep Brooklyn strong. And thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend. <laughs> You know, see, the thing is, right, Boston, New York, I've lived in both. Not that different. You just got to get past the Yankees, Red Sox then. But can you? Yeah, you can. You can? You you got it, especially if you got, like, blood relatives on both sides. Okay. Right. I got you. Okay. You know, big topic, sustainability, a bunch of surveys coming out. Biggest pain point for shippers right now. They're all looking for ways to reduce their carbon footprint. 
as the street demands it, as users demand it, as buyers demand it, mm -hmm. as uh, the younger generation especially wants more transparency, all of those kind of things. Well, here's some good news. DHL has released a sustainability roadmap. And Jim Monkmayer, he's the president of transportation at DHL Supply Chain North America. He's here to join us to tell us all about it. So, Jim, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're happy to have you on, and it was really cool. I was looking through some of this literature you guys sent over about DHL's supply chain roadmap. You know what I love, too, about DHL's literature? They have, it has, like, this great European flair to it just because of where they're based. Yeah. yeah. And it's always, like, their marketing is always just a little better than the American side, in my humble opinion, Jim. So what is, <laughs> what's going on with the sustainability roadmap? Introduce it to us. Tell us uh, what the plan is. Yeah, sure. Uh, we made a commitment uh, here recently this this spring to invest $8 billion in decarbonization of the company. And that's just within DHL. I'll get into that a little bit more and the impact of that. But uh, uh, we're really proud of DHL's investment and our leadership position that we've had in sustain sustainability for a while. Um, you know, we, we invest in Grow Green teams in six continents over 10 years ago. Uh, within the DHL uh, network. And um, in 2016, we came out with our carbon neutral by 2050 declaration. And now um, with our strategy 2025 uh, program that rolled out in the spring, sustainability is a huge part of that. In fact, ESG, environment, social, and governance is all part of that roadmap. Um, with DHL supply chain, you know, we focus in three primary areas, warehouse, transportation, and packaging. And for years, transportation, it was all about, okay, we have a TMS, we can optimize freight, we consolidate orders into larger shipments and shipments into maybe a multi-stop truck. We occasionally do a backhaul and we celebrate that we are, we are sustainable and that we're optimizing. But now, you know, we're challenged, we're investing in alternative fuel vehicles for our dedicated fleets. We're even looking at autonomous trucks that will drive fuel efficiency as well. And, and maybe most exciting right now is that on the managed side of the business, you know, we, we have about $5 billion in spend we manage in North America today, uh, tens of billions of dollars globally. And so the footprint's huge. And much of that footprint, we run under our LLP or Lead Logistics Partner Program. So it's actually passed through on the freight. We collaborate together with customers in more of a longer-term relationship. And it's the customer's um, it's the shipper's uh, CO2 footprint that we're really managing. And so carrier selection is, is a huge part of the cost, a huge part of the footprint, of course. And so that's getting more attention, as you mentioned. And of course, intermodal, uh, uh, continuous move truckloads with, with the data and the analytics that we have, we can start to look at some of those things as well. So, Jim, you mentioned carrier selection, and you guys are helping the the the, the customers do that. So, how exactly is DHL Supply Chain helping its customers prioritize those efficiencies through carrier selection? Yeah, so um, you know, DHL has been a, a SmartWay partner, EPA SmartWay program partner for many years. And for those that aren't familiar with that, um, you know, it's just a certification program for carriers, and it looks at things like fuel efficiency, the aerodynamics of the vehicles the type of fuel that you're burning and other things as a, as a complex scoring process. What people don't understand is you're not just getting certified or not certified, you are getting a score from one to five. And one being excellent, five being not very good. And so you can actually get these scores. We've downloaded them all um, from SmartWay and we've got them loaded into our uh, leading procurement technology tools so that we can actually optimize 
uh, and run different scenarios for customers, not only meeting service requirements, but optimizing the cost and optimizing the SmartWay score. And the way we do that is we can look at, uh, you know, what's the lowest cost solution if we only use SmartWay carriers? What's the lowest cost solution if we only use SmartWay carriers that score a one or a two? And each of those things mean different uh, CO2 or carbon uh, burning rates of those carriers. And so through our TMS then, we can then uh, measure who we're using and their burn rates and identify uh, you know, your carbon footprint reduction year over year. And that's something that just wasn't available uh, not long ago. We also look at diversity owned uh, carriers, woman owned businesses. Um, we can give our customers information on that as well, which is, which is of course gaining in, in interest at this time. Yeah, I mean, Jim, none of this stuff matters though if the customers don't care, right? So what kind of results have you seen so far? And what are the customers saying about it? This sounds like it would be really helpful and there aren't a ton of roadmaps like this. Yeah, sure. Let me start with the carrier feedback. So we have a carrier summit or carrier conference that we hold every year. And unfortunately this year, of course, it was virtual and we're looking forward to getting back to Florida and doing it over several days instead of several hours. Uh, but we continue at that session to push sustainability and we're able to do surveys uh, real time with the carrier base that we're, we're uh, uh, talking with in those conferences. And um, we, you know, a couple of quick numbers, 60% said sustainability is a key element of their strategic plan. And another 31% on top of that says sustainability is important and gaining attention. So uh, that's a huge change from where we were just a few years ago. And perhaps most impressively, um, almost two-thirds said that their company's investing in sustainability because it is the right thing to do, even if there isn't a clear financial return. So that's a huge change. Um, and I can say that, especially in this country. And for DHL, we jumped 20 basis points in our smartware carrier usage uh, year over year, just due to pushing the certifications with the carriers and being more conscious about our carrier selection process. But the more exciting thing is probably with the customers. We haven't had a lot of opportunities to take this out to the customer base, but we are gonna be bringing it to them across the board. The reason for that uh, kind of slow start here is we're just not doing a lot of bids in this market. As you know, mm. uh, it's not the time to do large scale bidding, uh, unfortunately, but uh, we took it to a, a large uh, name brand tech company and an engineering manufacturing customer. And both of them were really excited about it. I mean, because we're now getting away from the, just the dollar conversation about carrier selection and how much did DHL help you save, right? It's now uh, the C-suite is pushing this, not only B2C customers, which has been going on for a while, but the B2B shippers now are taking an interest, as you mentioned at the, at, at the beginning. Um, uh, everybody's interested, right? From, from the street to the, to the customers, to the employees. Um, in, in moving in this direction. And we were really excited when we started looking at the different scenarios of, of limiting the, uh, or, you know, requiring that some of these carriers be smart way and the scoring and so forth. We did not have to spend, our customers did not have to spend a lot of money to get a much more uh, fuel efficient uh, carrier base uh, selected. So it, it's pretty exciting to see that if you don't have the data, you can't do it. But uh, uh, these customers have really opened their eyes and opened the, uh, the eyes of the DHL team to see uh, what we think we've created here. So we're really excited and excited to take it to uh, to our entire customer base. 
Great, Jim. So people who are excited about it as well, they like what they heard. Where should we send them to to learn more information? Yeah, I think first thing, check out our uh, podcast. Um, it's called All Business, No Boundaries, and it's a chance to hear from our customers about case studies and problems that we jointly solved with them. It's, it's been really powerful gaining in, in interest and has uh, received some, some national recognition. In fact, um, you can also take a look at our website, uh, go to www.dhl.com slash supply chain. Cool. Jim, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We appreciate you coming on. Tell us about that roadmap. So thank you once again. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Hey, again, we'd like to thank our friends at Legend Transportation for sponsoring today's episode. Legend partners with strategic customers while providing seamless solutions for its drivers in its West Regional Premier Freight Transportation Company. To learn more, tell them, dude. Oh, man, you need to go to newlegendinc.com immediately after the show. Grace Sharkey's a fan of your hat. She is? All yeah. right. Hey, Cubs, I thought that was like a Forrest Gump hat, but it's a, it's a Cubs hat. Cubbies. Because it's got a kind of a short crown to it. It right? does. It's yeah. It it absolutely more like a does. fishing type of hat. Yeah, it's. I think I've just beat it up so much over the years, it's gone. <laughs> hey, by the way, Bob Boosie's in the comments too. He's going to be on next week. He's going to tell us how he transported a bunch of velociraptors. So that'll like be real fun. ones. We'll find out. God, right. you stay well, that's stay the cliffhanger. We got more coming right now, though. Mark Thomas is vice president of RideCell. He's joining us to talk about uh, the fleet IoT automation and the first platform to convert vehicle data into automated operations. He's actually a Homestead High School alumni, too. And, that's uh, what I understand. This is like a star-studded alumnus group. They were Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak. Who else they got? Scott Erickson? Scott Erickson, number one, 60, 61st number one all-time wow. uh, Oriole. Baltimore pitcher. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. so he also went to Wharton. So, I mean, you, yeah. this tells you something about this well, high school. I, I, yeah, I mean, Wharton, obviously. But yeah. Homestead High School? Who knew? All right, what goes on at Homestead High School? It's yeah, the water what, there. Yeah. I know. It was Silicon Valley before it was Silicon Valley. It was apricot orchards and, you know, riding <laughs> your Schwinn bikes around it. What happened? I don't know. Well, don't know. hey, before we get into business here, your bio says, it got me curious, your bio says that you love cars and you love the internet. So we got two questions we got to yeah. get to. What is your favorite car and what's your favorite site on the internet? All right. Uh, favorite car. I, I currently drive a P1800. It's a 1971 Volvo uh, made popular by the Saint. Looks like a Carmen Ghia with fins. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's got a Volvo engine, drives like a tractor. And uh, that ties into my favorite website. Read it every day. Bring a trailer. Oh. Have you been to this Bring a Trailer site before? You're, no. It is phenomenal. It started off as a company that would, that would find listings of really interesting cars and post them. And then the, the comments were like the peanut gallery. Oh, check this out. Oh, they have. <clears throat> and they decided to become an auction site. So now oh. people put their cars up for sale and all of these passionate fans either pick it apart, like, ah, that's the wrong seats. Ah, look at the, 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 the numbers on the windshield or don't match. Um, but then they also really appreciate it, can tell you the ones that are phenomenal. It's just great entertainment. The cars are really fun to look at and the comments just make this site come alive. Tom, so, we just yeah, got, bringatrailer.com. We just got asked if we wanted media passes to Jackson Barrett. I don't know if you watch like Velocity. Oh, TV. I love that. It's a huge love Vegas, that. huge, uh, huge show. Well, Meet him too is cool. Yeah. Well, hey, man, tell us a little bit about what, what's going on. Tell us about the uh, company. Give us a little elevator pitch. You bet. 
Uh, so RideCell is a company that has been around for you know over 10 years. The name RideCell comes from get a ride with your cell phone. So we have been in the business of helping companies uh, create shared mobility, so car sharing and ride sharing, uh, and have a number of customers around the globe that are, are helping people get access to vehicles without having to own the vehicle. You know, the idea of walking up, uh, press a button on your phone, you get in the car, you drive it around as much as you want, and you park the car, and you press another button on your phone, and you get billed for the amount you used it. So you, the whole idea has been trying to get people out of vehicle ownership. Most cars are only used 4% of the time. And so what do you do? Uh, do you really need to own that car or can you just get a car when you, when you want? What happened during the pandemic is everybody stopped driving and going anywhere. So we looked at what our company was good at, which was digitalizing fleets meaning that you can never need access to a key because you could always use your phone, whether or not you had internet coverage. Uh, and we were really good at helping companies that were in the business of doing shared mobility automate the actions. Because unlike like a Hertz or an Avis where the cars come back to a depot, these cars live on the streets. And so if it's out of windshield washer fluid or somebody leaves some garbage in the car, You've got to figure out, you know, hey, I need to send somebody out to keep those cars looking clean, well-maintained, uh, charged or gassed up. So we've built, we built this automation engine. And what we found was that most fleets in the industry could really benefit from what we have done with shared mobility and now, you know, turn this into automation. Connected vehicles are about getting information off of the, the, the car. And so fleet management is about figuring out what's important from that information. But what happens once the fleet management software goes, hey, this car is gonna need uh, you know, some brakes soon. <clears throat> then it becomes an email to some guy who then has yeah. to, to do some scheduling. And, and the more fleet management systems you get, the more emails that poor guy gets. And pretty soon it's just, overwhelmed with, with data and with things that you're supposed to be doing. So we pick up where the fleet management systems leave off and we take those insights and we can then automatically execute work orders, automatically do stuff. And if you, if you get the module that does the, the lock, unlock and the immobilizer, there's some really interesting use cases that start to happen with automation. <laughs> like the the Amazon driver that's driving down the street, when he jumps out, the car can just lock itself. And um, when he walks back up, it unlocks itself. Uh, being able to immobilize vehicles when you know, they're, they're declared stolen instead of watching them cruising along the map, wondering when they're gonna get to the, the border. Yeah, Mark, that is fascinating stuff. Looking at reading through your through your uh, website, picking up on all these little things. I'm glad you went through that because it shows the progression of how you got to exactly wh where you guys are. And and nice pivot, by the way, yeah. <laughs> through through COVID. That, that a lot of people had to do that. I'm interested in and so the platform. Are you doing? Um, Hardware as well, or your platform uh, brings together these disparate sources, these disparate IoT devices, uh, to bring to de-silo this data and able to, uh, uh, you know, facilitate these these uh, automated workflows. Absolutely, we uh, we do not make our own hardware. <clears throat> our belief is that there are 
a number of hardware solutions out there that are phenomenal. So we focus on the software. And in fact, one of the, the focuses is that there isn't one hardware that can do everything. Right. Um, so oftentimes what we've done is we've allowed for a fleet of vehicles to have several different kinds of hardware. And uh, so that you, you know, this hardware supports these trucks and vans really well, but this other hardware supports passenger vehicles. And we've even had two hardware in, this, in the same vehicle because occasionally these things go down and you don't want the person to be locked out. So being having a fail safe to the second one uh, is a great way to make sure that you have, you know, 100% uptime and your customers are never stuck pressing the button on their phone and wondering why they can't get in the car. Well, yeah, and you mentioned the immobilizer too, so that gives you some built-in security yeah. with, with freight, especially over long weekends. There's always those warnings. You know, we just had Memorial Day. Yeah. There's always those warnings about leaving freight unattended. There's certain commodities that are targeted, but mm -hmm. someone takes the truck. They're gonna just have to break into the trailer or take the trailer because if they try to take the truck, you can just sh you can just shut it down right through an app, right? It, exactly. And so having, you know, first of all, there's knowing which which vehicle that you need to shut down if you have a whole fleet. So the, somebody can say, look, there was a robbery at the mall. Uh, it, there was a, a yellow truck there at 2 a.m. Can you check to see if that was one of yours? And so then the fleet manager draws some points on a map and, and makes a little geofence that says, hey, this is, we're going to look here. And then he, there's some sliders that go between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. Was any of my fleet in that location? And sure enough, it, it searches all the location histories and boom, you know, one shows up. And that's the one you can click on and realize, okay, it's currently it's parked. Let's click immobilize. We, we won't stop a vehicle that's, that's currently driving. That seems like a disaster, Dangerous but thing, we yeah. can prevent it from being restarted. And even if they have the key in their hand, they won't be able to start the vehicle. And that's really important because then the law enforcement, you can have the button that says send the location to law enforcement. And they go there knowing that somebody's not going to jump in and take off and it's going to become some, you know, high speed chase. So this is really interesting stuff from maintenance to security to uh, forensic, uh, I guess you could call it right after the case type of stuff. Where does this go in the future with with AV, et cetera? How does your platform fit in there? It seems like a nice fit. Automation uh, is really the next step. So when you think about IoT, uh, used to be called machine to machine. It's like insights that you got from the machine end up changing the machine. And today we don't really have IoT for fleets. We have insights that then turn into manual labor. So by having and making the round trip so that that detecting that the uh, that it's low on gas or that there's a low tire pressure, which is a huge problem in the industry, mm. having the ability to digitally take the driver's key and give him key to a different van, the backup van. He doesn't have to go in and do key swaps. And then the maintenance person automatically gets the digital key assigned to them. So having the ability to, to treat these vehicles more fungibly so that you can just assign somebody the best possible one um, and have it all done through automation. I think fungible gets him a ticket to the wheel of stupid questions, the doesn't NFT, it? right? Yeah. Yes, non-fungible token. All right, spin the wheel for us. Right, see what hey. we come up with here. Route <laughs> it goes where it lands. Nobody knows. Except you, me. You do not get an NFT uh, for answering correctly. Okay, so, Mark, since you love cars, you have, to jump a, you have to jump a drawbridge. What car are you jumping it with? 
Oh, yeah. That's a great question. Um, I would do uh, I would do one of the new um, 750 horsepower pickup trucks. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. One of the guys because it's it's the landing that's going to be the problem. Uh-huh. And so when you're flying through the air and you come down, you want to have that intense, robust suspension that will keep the car so that it doesn't you know snap, break, and spin out of control. It's not about those things can get the speed, but you want to stick the landing. You, you ah, tell see. me that all those landings that General Lee did weren't real. <laughs> hey, 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 we appreciate your time today. Where do people go to, to get more information? Yeah, it's uh, classic www.ridesell.com. Beautiful. Your second Excellent. favorite website on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Mark. Well, cool stuff. You know, I can totally see the the, the use for that, and the bigger oh, yeah, your absolutely. fleet get, the the more of a problem a lot of this workflow and tracking becomes. Yeah, absolutely does. Hey, you absolutely want to talk does. about some big ass freight? I do. All right, let's bring Tom Curry up. He's SVP Strategy what? and Innovation at King's Gate Logistics. Tom Curry, last time you were here, you were you were making a music video with drawings on our Christmas special. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, somehow you we guys got- make me do. You guys make me do way too much stuff. I just yeah, like to say, man, it's a lot of work to talk to you guys. you got to work to come on here. Now, so I said, you know, I put this open casting call out there, and I do these a lot. If you follow me on LinkedIn, uh, if you ever want to be on the show, I'd recommend it. Or you can always pitch me. You can just email me, tjuner yeah. at freightwaves.com. But if you have a good idea for a segment, just let me know. Run it by me. We'll usually consider if it makes sense. Well, Absolutely. I was. I got really interested in big freight. I was. We saw that big turbine moving, and ever since, I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. move weird stuff. Because we've been in the side, and um, if you are just like a traditional character, your traditional broker you don't have the network set up for this it's tough to get this stuff moving. yeah you're not moving like the world's most powerful yeah. rocket for nasa so let's look at this first picture you can tell us what we're looking at because this is a really confusing one it's someone like driving a chassis or something or driving yeah, a trailer what are we looking at tom yeah so this is really interesting uh we had a shipment so we've actually moved a lot of products for power plants um so we've actually had to actually step in if a power plant goes down you can imagine how serious that is and so uh, we we were actually uh, supporting a plant, and they needed these massive telephone poles. Well, these these massive poles, you have to you can't just put them on a you know on a flatbed trailer and just drive down the road with them. And so this extra driver that kind of sits in the very back of the trailer, they actually steer the very back of the truck. Um, that actually allows you to make these incredibly wide. You know, of course, you got to plan your routing. You've got to. You've got to do permitting. You've got to submit that to the authorities to make sure that, hey, this is the route we're going to actually take with this truck. Uh, sometimes they've got to close down highways uh, to actually get you to pass through. And clearly, when you're the power plant, you've got a little bit of influence um, to be able to shut down a road to be able to bring these through. And so we would actually contract, bring on this contractor who would literally ride in the back of this uh, little mini trailer car in the back and just steer along. I don't know if he's got a radio in there. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's just, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, you got your earbuds in or something down there. I I, I don't know. You don't have the roar of the engine, you know? Yeah. it's he, So he's like the hook and ladder dude in the back of the hook and ladder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally exactly just steering on back there. Yeah. We were trying to make heads or tells this. And we yeah. Were like, I, I, didn't, I thought it was Mad Max <laughs> at first. It looks kind of like a Mad Max car. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. What's this other thing you sent us to? You sent us a giant drum of some sort. Uh, this looks like it would be a pain in the ass to haul. Yeah. So that's actually a, a massive bucket. Um, so we had, we had a customer who reached out and said, hey, I, you know, one of the things that we've really um, become very familiar with with our customers is, they will just give us the oddest, most strangest requests. And we've always taken the approach that no matter what it is, 
we'll take it from here. Um, and so we, we, uh, we had a customer reached out, they had a 16 and a half ton bucket that they needed to get moved. And, uh, you know, our, our team, you know, they, they just do an amazing job of being able to figure out what a customer needs, being able to then execute against that. And, uh, our, and that really was founded from our original founders, um, Tom and Mary Beckham. Tom, um, he had a, a crazy situation here in Cincinnati where um, there was a smokestack for uh, Duke Energy that needed to get moved here. And uh, the problem was they had built it in one piece. And so it actually couldn't move across the road. Uh, so we actually worked and uh, he barged it in. They shut down the river and barged that thing in. And so, you know, that that kind of foundation that kind of built our company since, you know, 1986 is just kind of stuck with us. And so that bucket is just another one of those things that, hey, you know, you just give it to us. We start calling. We make the right calls, uh, whether it's, you know, we've done uh, uh, move modular homes for FEMA from Maine down to Louisiana uh, to buckets and power plants and generators. Uh, no matter what it is, we just, you know, we just kind of take the approach of we'll figure it out and we'll get it moved. Awesome, Tom. So tell me this. When when does it go from, hey, hold my beer and watch me load this up? I can move this thing. When when should somebody say, no, we need to call the professionals. We need to call Tom. Where, you where know, does it get um, that it, it really becomes when you start asking questions, um, that's the time <laughs> to start thinking, right? You know what I mean? I, I look, there, there's too many, there's too many questions. There's too many processes, there's too many permits, there's too many legal risks with these things. And I think a lot of times people will just try to figure it out. Um, and you know, it takes experience. Um, you will end up spending more time and more money trying to figure it out. I mean, you just got to think about your manpower resources that you're going to tie to that, um, without a full understanding of how these things work, you're really just going to find yourself just, you know, scrambling. And at the end of the day, then it's going to be a rush expedited shipment. And we all know those get a lot more expensive. Mm. So tell if I'm like, I got to move the Statue of Liberty. I'm a super villain. I stole it. I got to move it. So it's not hot. Okay. In this example, it, I'm allowed. I have, we, we have the rights to move the Statue of Liberty. I call you up. Can you move the Statue of Liberty for me? Or is that someone else? No, no, we can. So the, the, it's all about connections. Like we, yeah. we build everything that we have off of relationships. And so you've got to know the right parties. You've got to know the right people to engage with to be able to figure it out. You know, we're, we're a third party asset provider. Okay. So we, we don't have the trucks ourselves. But we have built a vast network to be able to connect with the right people, uh, the right departments to be able to get that moved. And so, um, so yeah, once it's handed off to us, we literally we've got one of our owners. He stays heavily involved in this. Um, and David, he will just start literally working his Rolodex and he'll get it moved no matter what it is. I got to say, it's a smart move for Kingsgate to be in this space, too, because we talked earlier digital load board, right? Digital yeah. load boards becoming more and more. Great transactional, but a problem can be if you have freight that needs handholding or you need the customer service or it's going to take a variety of different... And this is it. <laughs> this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. that is uh, your protection against extinction at a traditional yeah. brokerage, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it is. I mean, for us, it's always about figuring out different ways that we can help our customers ship confidently. And there's those things where... Customers get uncomfortable. They don't know really what they're doing, and they're a little concerned about how to go to market with it. And that's where we can just come in. We can say, let us take that off of your plate. We do that with the majority of all of our inbound PO management that we do for our customers today. It's no different whether it's uh, the complexity of 70-plus kayaks that I've got to fit onto a 53-foot trailer or whether it's a, a large generator that's got to get moved because if the power plant goes down, the city goes down. 
Yeah. I imagine you you attract some really good talent that way, too. Because, I mean, my time in trucking, it was the constant puzzle solving, right? And this yeah. would attract some top talent to try and do this stuff. So you can move the Statue of Liberty. What is the strangest thing you've ever moved? <laughs> well, I would probably say it would be that smokestack. Um, I okay. mean, barging that yeah. smokestack um, through the through the, the Ohio River and bringing it in, uh, that's got to be one of the craziest things. I mean, we've we've done the massive Christmas tree, you know, for this place. We've yeah. we've hauled, you know, um, huge uh, um, uh, statues and things like that. But, you know, being able to barge something in, that's a completely different environment for us. And it's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. Now, Tom, next time you get some, something huge like this to, to move, let us know. Let's get some cameras on it, you know, and go through yeah. the process a little bit. Um, yeah. Maybe a Christmas tree is a good place to, to start or anything else big. But, you know, yeah. our next holiday special could be Tom Curry and the yeah, Christmas well, trees. Well, what do we bring in F3, right? We got to bring something big, right? Bring right. something right. There you go. Bring right. something big. Wow, you, got that <laughs> you had trouble during the pandemic? You're a little grief eating? You had some of that grief bacon? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How's things going over at Kingsgate, by the way? Things are going great, man. We've uh, uh, we've been able to experience a lot of uh, success, really working with our customers and uh, bringing their inbound PO visibility to life this year. And so we're we're really excited. We've got a great 2021. I mean, we're halfway through it almost, and uh, um, we've got some big things. Uh, looking forward to Freight Tech 100. We're we're going to be putting some good stuff out there for the Freight Waves team to be able to see and grab a hold of and, and service our customers. So it's been great. Yeah, so he wants stuff. a championship belt like we yeah, have a championship does. belt. That's what I'm talking about. Spin that wheel. For We've me. got one at the office. Oh, do you? Why, why didn't you bring it on camera? The wheel is spinning, Tom. The wheel is spinning, got? my friend. What do you got? Oh, here we go. All right. Hollywood's making a movie about your life. Who is the villain in the story? Ooh, the villain in the story um, of my life is going to have to be anyone who doesn't drive a Ford. Um, I'm a Ford man. Uh, I'm a Ford Bronco guy. I'm still a little disappointed. New or old, new or old Bronco, old Bronco. Um, and so, Dooner's, Dooner's going for the Cybertruck and they got the Ford electric. So, I mean, anyone who's not driving a Ford, I mean, they're, I just feel like they're just going to be plowing towards me. And, uh, but the Bronco will survive. Okay, I've never seen O.J. Simpson drive a Cybertruck. End of story. <laughs> End of point right here. Tom. Hey, Tom, how do people reach out and learn more? <laughs> hey, you can you can reach us. You can uh, visit us online, kingsgatelogistics.com. We're on all the socials, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, please do. Excellent. Thanks, Tom. Some friends. No, I'm just kidding. Tom, we'll have you back <laughs> We appreciate it. Of course, we'll see you at F3. And we'll all see you all Chevy guys, connect with him. We'll see you in the audience. <laughs> so those threads going around. Who do you want to meet in real life? Who do you want to meet in real life? People tagging each other. Well, stop putting threads on the internet and get over here. November 8th to yeah. 10th, F3. Use promo code WTT. You'll save yourself 200 bucks. Come and meet us. We'll all be That's here. Right. It's going to be the biggest event in the industry to ever happen because we won't let it not be. I swear to God, we will not let it not be. Darius. Okay. Darius. You might even. You might even. Yeah. Positive Bound News and Good News. Boom. All right. Bad, bad news. You're you were driving deer. that car. <laughs> bad news. You're a deer that's been attacked by a coyote, right? Ooh, ooh, I don't Horrible like scene. Good news. You live out near our friend, the Freight Bambino and his ghost cattle company, Bambito oh, Cattle Company. Check this out. The cattle ain't going to hurt you no more. It's okay. You're okay. <gasps> Check him out. Yeah, that, and he doesn't look good right there, this deer. But look, he's, he's coming back to life. He's having his Lazarus moment right here. 
little Aquafina doing wonders. Oh, he's giving a little pop tart there too. Aquafina and a pop tart. That's all I got, homie. Aquafina and pop tarts, homie. Look at that deer. Look, he's at back up and moving. Released back in the wild. Hey, show me some YouTube videos. You got any games on your phone? Man, God bless you, Freight Bambino. Saving the deers out there, doing the Lord's work. Great guy. Go to way to go. Also, if you want to support him too. If you want to be in the know, you want to be in the secret society of trucking and trucking Twitter, get one of them Bambino Cattle Company hats. It's a ghost cattle company. Oh, yeah. I've got one. I should have worn it today. Look it up. They're Great awesome. Great Bambino too. on Twitter. All right. Good Look news, up my friend. Cattle company. Good news, Dooner. Yeah. You work at Mobus Parts America, an auto parts store in Connecticut, and it's 8 p.m. You're closing up for the night, bro. Finally. You are done. Good stuff. Here's the bad news, oh. my friend. Maximum LB, a truck driver, has Dude, entered wait, the what? store. His name is Maximum LB. Okay. And he's a truck driver from California, and yeah. he just entered the store. And <laughs> while we're not sure exactly what caused a verbal altercation ensues, and Maximum began punching an employee before hitting him in the head three times with a pair of wooden nunchucks. <laughs> Pulled out some nunchucks, my friend. Wow. Okay. It's a ton of gangs in this school. Uh, police say <laughs> located in the passenger compartment of LB's tractor uh, trailer were two 13-inch long swords. Oh, he was a trucker? He's a trucker dude okay. from California. Several other martial arts style weapons, maybe some throwing stars, etc. He was also fined seventy five thousand dollars, or he's held on seventy five thousand dollar bond, and it will appear in court. Seems like a good Thursday. idea. Yeah, katanas. That could have been much worse. At least he used the nunchucks instead of the katanas. Or the swords. He went Michelangelo instead of Leonardo. <laughs> a katana is a sword. A katana is. A sword. Is, I thought it was the rasp thing that you hit. No. So you get the size. That's Raphael. You okay. got this, the, the bow staff, right? That's Donatello. Yeah. Uh, Michelangelo, nunchucks. Okay. Leonardo, katanas. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, know your Ninja Turtles. I, I was too old at the time. Okay. Back. <laughs> big, sorry. Speaking of animals. Well, Mac, it's a guy named Maxim Elby you'd expect to kind of hit you with some nunchucks. Oh, yeah, he's definitely coming at you yes. with nunchucks. <laughs> Maximum doesn't play. <laughs> bad news. His parents don't either. because His younger brother, Minimum, might. All right, bad news. But, bad news. West Granton High School officials have caught a, bab, a bobcat. Babcat. A bobcat on security <laughs> camera in the lunchroom. Right? And I what? saw this in security. They see this bobcat. He's walking around on the table. I'm like, oh, oh. So the students are sent home. <laughs> The principal calls the game warden. Fish and wildlife shows up. You know, they're all there. <laughs> Everybody's screaming and running. Everyone, they ran away. It was like, God, someone's attacking. But the Bob problem cat, is, you know cats, out. right? By the time they got there, nobody could find the cat. The cat's hiding somewhere. They're like, where the hell? Where Calling is this the cat? Tiger King. <laughs> Carol cat? Baskins is on. Yeah, they bailed the Tiger King out of jail to go find him. All right, well, it turns out, right? It wasn't a bobcat yeah. at all. It was just a house cat. <laughs> <Just> a house <laughs> that went in the school. I guess when they looked on the camera, the cat looked bigger. You know, t- TV adds 10 pounds. So they thought it was a bobcat. Um, ABC Six reports. They said it looks mean. It looks, I mean, identical. It has the colors of a bobcat. It's even missing a tail. That's what Game Warden. This is a professional. Game Warden John Bowman said. So he said, just to ear to the side of caution, we wanted to. That's got to be photoshopped. We wanted to make sure oh, they look very happy to see that cat. <laughs> they do. Uh, we wanted to make sure all the students are safe and the staff is safe. Uh, once <laughs> officials safely removed the cat, though, volunteers at Griffin Pond Animal Shelter found out the feline was microchipped. Right. So. It turned out the cat had been missing for at least three months, and now the cat named Kashi has been reunited with its family. I love a happy ending. 
I love happy endings too. And now Very and it only ending. speaks fluent Spanish now, which is odd. I don't know I'll why like that happened, but it does. So here's some <laughs> here's some good news, my yes. friend. It's a beautiful Tuesday night and Re- and Revel Entertain at the Revel Entertainment Center in Northeast Albuquerque, New Mexico, where you are at a campaign event for mayoral candidate Manuel Gonzalez the third. Vote Manuel. Vote Manuel. The bad news is that's when a drone carrying a rainbow-colored sex toy flew on the scene and interrupted the proceedings. The event's coordinator sprang into action and was able to knock the drone from the sky. That's when, according to criminal complaint filed in uh, Metropolitan Court, Kaylin Ashby Dreyer, the uh, who is 20 years old, was arrested for battery and resisting an officer after he allegedly took a swing at a sheriff when they tried to take him into custody. He was flying this drone. Yeah. Now the sheriff is accusing the incumbent mayor, Tim Keller, of being behind this stunt. And, of course, this drone now has its own Twitter account. Okay, well, a couple things here. So, well, yes. going, so the mayor's doing You're his gonna thing. You're going to break this he's, down. He's okay. campaigning, right? Well, he's, he's a sheriff who's campaigning to be him. Yeah, the and you see yeah. the video flying around. Bold move, by the way, doing this as a sheriff. But you see the drones flying yeah. around, <laughs> yeah. and the sex toy's hanging from it. Yes. And then I guess the guy run, runs the event. He actually grabs it by the sex toy, also a bold move, yeah. pulls it out of the sky. <laughs> yes, he And does. now you're telling me there's a, and it was some 20-year-old who's flying around. But there's a conspiracy that it was the actual mayor who is at the well, top. The Twitter this. account of the actual uh, drone, yeah. which prefers to be called the sex machine. Yes. Um, says that this guy has nothing to do with him. They're not. He's not affiliated I, I, with. King I have a feeling that this Twitter account may just be like a parody. And not I don't. Actual. I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 and this isn't its first appearance. It apparently apparently uh, followed around somebody else on the campaign trail at a church as well. Well, if you've been following the show, you know there's a lot of use for drones. We didn't cover this at Drone Waves, but hey, no. one more right there. I would not recommend doing it. Not to your local <laughs> sheriff either. No, he might investigate you and put some resources towards that. Then it yeah. turns out the conspiracy is you're the mayor. This yeah. should be the plot of the next True Detective. They need to bring that show back, and they need to have another a good season. And this should be the plot. They, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> All right. Good news. Actually, this is like every parent's worst nightmare. Good news, though. You're this in the car. Insane. You're taking a drive to Utah. Uh, you're you're driving from Utah to California to go swim with the dolphins. Oh yeah. Sounds good so far, right? Sounds great. Here's the bad news. When, when we start with good news, you know something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. Well, you're a nine-year-old girl, and your four-year-old sister is in the passenger seat. <laughs> still, turns out that Thelma and Louise over here, they woke up at 3 a.m., and that's when they decide to steal their parents' Chevy Malibu and go on a joyride down <laughs> to California to go swim with those aforementioned dolphins. They got 10 miles down the road on Utah's Route 201 Expressway before hitting a couple of cars. That's when a semi-truck took notice, starts following them from behind. Yes. They end up hitting the semi-truck, too. Yeah. They getting pulled over by the side of the road, and then, like, the whole town knows about yeah. it. Then the school bus driver even, like, drove by. The school bus driver pulled over to help us. Hey, you're the girls I drive to school. (laughs) You guys are late for school. Get in the bus. (laughs) The parents, you know, the parents were alerted. They were shocked. They were horrified. They didn't know their kids were going to steal the car. And very scary moment for them. But I mean, here's the here's another piece of good news in there, though. They're wearing her safety belts. Her parents taught them well. Very good. Because they would have got a ticket otherwise. Click they it or ticket, kids. They would have been ticketed. No, they also, like, been ticketed. who doesn't drive? It's crazy when you hear that a lot of truck driving accidents happen because the drivers aren't wearing safety belts. That's insane. Yeah, I, know. I don't know I why you I guess I'm just so used to it because I've just grown up always doing it. But. I can't. Yeah. All right, coming up, we got uh, coming up, coming up, coming up. Who's on the show next week? Nathan Frazier is going to be talking about weird, big, afraid, even more of that. Uh, Melissa Tomek, head of documents at uh, Scale. Rob Boos is going to be on the show. So it's Velociraptors. 
We got Locomotion on as well. Find the show wherever you get your podcast. Look up What the Truck. If you want every single Freightways podcast, all in one feed. Look up Freightcast. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dune. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Tell them how to be this weekend. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere.